You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. Rogers Waterfowl Podcast coming at you remotely this week. Um, not in Liberty, Missouri. We're in McGee, Arkansas, as I was instructed. I've been saying it wrong for a bit. I guess since we got here. Yeah, since but, the drive down, we've seen it. You know, every time we look at the map, we're seeing it wrong. Mm-hmm. McGee-hee. That's, that's not correct. So we're actually down here duck hunting with uh, Realtree. And speaking of Realtree, we've got Brian. Doman. Doman from Realtree and. Cole Barthel. Car- Cole Barthel. And you're affiliated with Realtree. Yes, sir. And uh, you, you do uh, some. We do a, a whitetail series online. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a. 2019 waterfowl series coming up awesome for excellent next year. so we're, we're down here i guess you could say we're duck hunting with real tree there's you, you guys sent all the birds away or something i think they're still up there with y'all yeah. you think they're still up north huh? <laughs> no hopefully they're making their trek back or making their trek down as we speak hopefully yeah no kidding um well uh, yeah i was out honker hunting last saturday or not saturday sunday i guess it doesn't really matter but uh you know, we're hunting geese, our duck season closed, and I saw so many mallards, mm-hmm. you know, on our reservoirs that were still thawed out. We had eight, eight inches of snow, but we still had open water. So um, we still saw a ton of ducks, but we're supposed to be getting, like I said, in the negative 11 in the next two days up there, and everything's going to freeze up quick, and this, the ducks should be, you know, on, on the train down mm-hmm. now, let's just talk in a time. Little, a little bit about your duck season down here. How's it been, Cole? Um I would say overall it has been pretty down. We've had some good hunts and we've had some good weeks at times, but um, for the most part there's been a lot of deer hunting. There's been a <laughs> lot of deer hunting. But we've killed some ducks here in Arkansas and Louisiana, and, and we're we're close to the border here and right up beside Mississippi as well, so we're kind of in that little hour range of, of getting to all three states. It's uh, But it's been a struggle, man. We haven't killed the big ducks. as We haven't killed the mallards that we usually kill. It's been a, it's been a good teal year killed a lot of off ducks but um still just i mean there's a thousand different excuses or reasons i could tell you why we haven't i feel like it's been the cloudiest duck year i've ever been a part of and i love a bright sunny north wind day and it just doesn't feel like we've had that much this year but um for the most part i just don't think we've seen the ducks or had the ducks that we usually have i don't know if they skipped over us or like we said they stayed up stayed up north longer this year and i know y'all are referring to still being Still having a lot of open water as of a week mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, we actually we've got most of the birds pinned up. I, so I, I, we thought that. Well, you don't. I'm not going to tell you what we really think about y'all guys yeah. in Illinois, Missouri. <laughs> so we yeah. want y'all locked up at Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, <laughs> and ice eaters and all that. Yes. I'm sure you have kind words for us. Yes. There. So really, what we want to talk about too is the new real tree timber pattern. Which um, Brian, it was what kind of a soft launch for 2018, and it's going to be a little bit more progressive for 2019. Correct. Yep. Yeah, we uh, you know, we picked some waterfowl companies that we went to market with in 2018 just to kind of get a feel for it, and we did a soft launch. And uh, you know, going into 2019, next week at Shot Show, we're going to have a full fledged launch, you know, pattern launch that we do, and it's uh, really exciting for us because the uh, reception we've seen from the consumer uh, at retail this this past fall has been phenomenal. So we're we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, I've seen some yeah. seen some on banded and Drake pieces already, and we already got them in stock, so that was really nice. It was good looking stuff, and we'll go into that and you know what we like about it. Mm-hmm. Max Five has been one of our most popular patterns for years, um, and I guess this is to kind of complement that, except I guess kind of cater that 
darker pattern market. How did how did timber come about? So, you know, we've had Max 5 for years, and prior to that we had Max 4, and, and we knew we had a good pattern in those for the open field, water hunter. Um, you know, it's been a popular pattern, like you said, probably the number one waterfowl pattern, no doubt, uh, out there in the market now, but we were missing that timber hunter. You know, we knew uh, duck hunters are very resourceful, and they're, they're very targeted in what they want to wear when they hunt. Um, so we felt like there was a need to target that timber hunter, so Bill set out a couple of years ago to, to do that and uh you know through a lot of work um on his part and a lot of conversations you know cole talked about it you know a couple of years ago bringing fabric down here in, in the middle of a swamp just raw fabric hanging it around a, a timber tree we've done that and you know the testing that bill goes through to get a pattern to market uh i hope one day we can document that in a in a video series of itself because you know a lot of people think you just go out and take some pictures and graphically put it on a computer and go to market with it but it's so so more much more than that, you know. And, and when Bill Bill's got a special knack for designing patterns, looking at colors, the way they lay in there to create depth, to create uh, you know the 3D effect that we get out of these patterns. And this one's no exception. You know, it, it's a very dark pattern relative to what we've seen you know from Realtree in the past. And uh, but he's he's able to use colors to create depth. And I think that's one of the things that makes this pattern unique. And not only does it blend so so effectively in the timber but it also has depth uh, mm -hmm. you know which is pretty unique well that's one thing i noticed today you're cole you're wearing all real tree timber um duck hunting when we're in the blind and it does it does have a crazy amount of depth to it and even though that we're in a, in a pit with grass around it it's not like it's just absurdly dark by any means right it kind of and i know we talked about it off the air a little bit ago and and i know they're not they're not marketing as that, but it really has been for us this year, been a do-all pattern no matter where we've been hunting. We still use Max 5, and I love the, I love the pattern, mm -hmm. but whether we're hunting in a field like today in a coffee bean field, which is kind of a darker environment. It's not straight-up rice or corn or, or anything, but it fits in just about everywhere we go, whether we're in the woods, the swamp, field, anything, but, but it is a special pattern that can just do it all, really. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing, too. You even think if you're hunting flooded corn, if you're looking at something you know on the horizontal plane sure it, it might look a little dark but you got to think something from above is looking down over dark water in between rows i mean it's not i think it's it could be a very versatile pattern yeah that's a good point when you uh it's easy for the from a human aspect to mm -hmm. look at the horizontal plane and look out across the field you're hunting and see the colors you see but you know get up above and look down and see what you see i mean that dark especially the area we're in now that delta dirt um, you know, it's one of the worst mud, mud dirts I've ever seen in my life. I told someone of them today, I said, you get this stuff on you, it makes concrete give up. Right. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it, but it's got a unique color to it. Um, definitely we've got the, the palettes and tones in this pattern we've created here with timber. But, um, you know, when you think of a timber hunter, that, uh, Mississippi Delta region we're in between Arkansas, Louisiana, and Mississippi, I mean, that's where the timber hunting's done. And, and, you know, that's where this pattern was designed and it fits well and it, it blends like you know nothing we've ever done before for that that target and at, at Chandler you've probably noticed too I would say like a, a max five a, a lighter pattern is is king for our area but I have noticed a lot of people moving towards a little bit darker patterns yeah and this darker I mean it has some depth too and the max five has been great for our field it's got some darkness to it. it's got some depth you know so it's not exactly a very you know like very like corn field pattern it's very all-purpose is what it was geared for but still this this timber pattern i just seeing it it's, you know there's a lot of 
dark grays and browns and stuff very, blended very well together but it's also got the depth and the shadows and you can you can visually see the layers and you can and it that right there is what i think when when a from a bird's eye view that is going to confuse them and it's going to break up that body outline um just that that depth that it added to it looks it just looks really good and it just i know it came from you know these, these areas i mean driving down here we just saw the see that color and and man this thing will disappear once you walk into the woods i mean from a human and, and from a bird aspect mm -hmm. and brian i know you were talking about this was designed um specifically for a waterfowl pattern but cole you think it's got really other applications oh yeah and he may and, and i understand if he doesn't want to say it but man we have used it deer hunting i know a lot of people talked about using it in the turkey woods as well but we've gone from deer hunt to duck hunt in the same day in the same week and not change camos and we absolutely love it, especially sitting in a lock on or a ladder stand and a river bottom somewhere and hardwood somewhere and, and it, it just fits it's it's a great pattern you don't always have to carry several different camos with you or whatever but we still love we still use edge as well but man this timber pattern i really think is going to be a do-all pattern but the amount of extensive work they put into this timber pattern like we were saying earlier when i was with brad two years ago and uh I still remember that vividly of putting that fabric up against the, the trees. And we were out there. We were trying to kill ducks, and we killed some. But we were there strategically for the pattern and just seeing that out there. And this was two years ago. And uh, we knew it was going to be a special pattern there. And it's not this exact pattern. So I know when he took that back, they went back and did, went, back to the, went back to the board or the computer or whatever they may do there at that special place to, to nail it. And I believe that they nailed it. Sure. Now, Brian, you, you may be able to answer this. Um, when you when you start the the making the camo process, how many steps or how many renditions or versions are there before you guys lock lock in on one? Well, that's that's a uh, a good question, and and it's one of the things. Like I said, I wish I could document the building of a pattern because you know we, we consider timber a niche pattern, and and our main pattern, such as we got now, is is real tree edge. Um, you know, we've got Max Five, we've got timber, we've got Max One XT, so we've got a whole assortment of patterns out there, but. When we do one of our main patterns, it's it's three to four years in the making, you know, to get that done. Timbers, you know, probably two and a half, three years, uh, you know, in the making. And it really depends on the timelines we're under with Bill, but there's a lot goes into a pattern. It's it's never just uh, let's go take some pictures and graphically put it together on a computer and go to market with it. I mean, it's so much more than that. And, uh, you know, from our aspect, when, when you ask how many renditions there are, we're liable to print, uh, you know, 50 to 100 renditions. Um, sometimes even more and you know when you get into printing there's there's screens that you engrave we're liable to cut 50 to 100 screens you know tweaking little tones and and uh around the office we always have have fun with bill because as as uh salesmen and people who want to get this to market we're ready to go you know we get we got a, a new tool in our tool bag we're ready to take this to market uh you know bill's got a relentless pursuit of perfection that you know, makes us who we are. We all appreciate it. We just never like his timing of, <laughs> of the changes we go through sometimes. But uh, no doubt we have a, a running joke in the office, you know, that every time he makes a change, it's kind of like, oh, we don't have time for this. But we all kind of grin and bear it because his changes always work. They always make it better, you know, and that's the thing about it. No matter what we go through, when we make these changes along the way, it makes it better. But from a timing standpoint, trying to get things to market, it can be uh, it can be fun sometimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now I know uh, you've probably got other stuff that, as far as patterns too, that you've got in the works, and I'm sure you probably can't talk too much about them. But um, is there anything you can or? 
Well, there's there's no doubt, Bill, uh, where he's at in life right now. He's he's uh, he loves patterns. I mean, that's his passion. You know, he's built a, a business model that's it's uh, 30 plus years old on building patterns. And you know, there's nothing he doesn't like more than coming into office. And we talk about shapes. We talk about colors. I wake up at night thinking about warm grays and warm browns because I hear <laughs> that that terminology more than anything. But uh, you know, he's got a very good outlook on patterns. And you know, out out in the market now, there's so many patterns out there that are uh, you know, as we call them, coming after, you know, we've been around, we're kind of the original, and, um, you know, Bill's been around doing this forever, and, and so there's a lot of people trying to chase what, what he's built in the industry, and, um, you know, when you get down to it, you, nature doesn't change, you know, and that's what Bill always tells us when you go look out in nature. The colors in nature don't change from year to year. You know, there's always the same color palettes. you, you got to work with nature and find something that effectively blends in nature, and so that's, uh, you know, there's no doubt Bill's got a gift for that, and he's proven it with you know, 30 plus years, but we do have more patterns in the works right now. Um, definitely a little different from what you've seen coming from Realtree. I mean, timber's kind of a step in that direction, but we've got some other things coming uh, in the coming years that, you know, the market's going to see. It's going to be pretty cool. Sure. Now, I noticed one thing that I think we were talking about earlier that the that timber is a little bit more abstract than your traditional sticks and, and yep. twigs pattern. So obviously that's a direction you kind of want to go with that. Yeah, yeah, it seems, you know, the, the consumers uh, leaning that way in the market now, they're looking for something different than the, your traditional stick and limb, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, you have to realize if you want to blend in in nature, you got to look like nature no matter what. And that's one thing Bill's been able to do, even with timber, is, you know, it's all natural elements that we've put together to create somewhat of an abstract look. Not really. I mean, when you, when you lay out a full repeat of, of fabric, you can tell what you're looking at. You know, but we designed it specifically where when you cut it up, there's going to be some things in there that create some really unique looks, um, you know, that you would not be easily identifiable in nature, you know, which would lend itself to have an abstract look. And, uh, you know, that's what we're trying to accomplish is keep everything natural and real as it can be. Sure, sure. Now, this is what you're going to be, Cole, this is what you're going to be wearing predominantly for... Yes, we will still we will still wear edge at times. We will, but man, this real true timber, especially with the waterfowl series coming up next year, we're going to start start up north and we're going to work our way down. And uh, we hang our hat in Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, that area, but we will start up north and we'll follow. We'll have Max Five with us. We'll have timber with us. But uh, once we get to you know, once you get to that Thanksgiving time of the year where you're back around this area in Arkansas, Louisiana, back home, man, it is timber every day. That's what we we've done that this year with the. With the samples and the and the new and the new clothing that they've they've put out, Realtree does a great job of, of of giving us what we need to go out and just experiment and try it all. And man, we have been and I'm not just saying this, but it is our favorite pattern we've ever worn. And um, it's going to be a special pattern. And I keep going back to we'll climb on the tree stand with it just as much as we're going to duck hunt with it. So we look forward to that next sure. year as well. Well, and Realtree has a pattern for every environment. Yeah, that's what we set out to be. We you know we we're kind of uh, the, the the camo authority, so to say. I mean, you know, whether we want to be or not, but, you know, people come to us to, to get effective in this camo patterns, and that's what Bill sets out to do. No matter what environment you're going into, we want to be able to have you covered with a pattern that you feel comfortable with. And, and you know, a lot of people go out and they may spend thousands of dollars for one week trip, you know, that they only get to go on, and they need to be, you know, effectively camouflaged. So, uh, you know, they're going to have the best success that they can have. Sure, and I know... Um I've got, you know, my father, he's, he's been to Africa and uh, a lot of your patterns he's worn over there, mm -hmm. especially the, the Max One. I mean, that's, yep. that's a pattern that he absolutely loves over there. So it's not necessarily like these real tree patterns are only going to work here in North America. No, no, no. The, uh, 
you know, we, we've experimented with things around the world at times. And, you know, it's funny, a lot of the development we work we have to do, unfortunately, is overseas. And uh, it's always fun when you go to these other countries and, and I'm taking a piece of fabric out in the middle of a foreign country, wrapping it around a tree to see the looks you get from people like, what is this guy doing over here <laughs> exactly. with a piece of fabric wrapping around a tree taking pictures, you know. So. We were back in Africa in February and uh, Kyle and I, Kyle's another guy that works with me on a day-to-day, everyday basis with Realtree as well. And uh, we carried a bunch of extra Max 1. We took Max 1 over there as well and Edge. And we get over there and our guides are already wearing Max 1. So that was pretty cool. It was, uh, so we end up leaving our stuff with them. But man, it, like he said, man, it's everywhere. And it fits. And there is a pattern to fit just everywhere you want to go. Even go back to Max 4. You know, it was real light. And then they come out with Max 5. And that light was good in places. And they come out with Max 5 and darken it up a little bit where you could get away with using it in the temperate times and still in the fields. But that was a great point you brought up earlier from the bird's eye view as far as seeing what they see. We don't see that. We don't think no. about that all the time. But that was a great point. And speaking of that, I mean, the, the thing that really I started wrapping my brain around that is the development of drones. And you fly them in the air, and you, it makes you think like decoy spreads. Exactly. I mean, camo patterns. I don't know if you guys do use them in pattern development, but, I mean, man, no that's doubt. a game changer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. I mean, even as a hunter, I mean, me personally as a hunter, I'm a big duck hunter, and, and uh, my nephew's got drones. So a lot of times we get our blinds set up. First thing I want them to do is fly that drone over it. I want to see what it looks like from the, you know, the, the duck's eyes. I want to see what it looks like. And the same thing with us. You talk about with development work, when we do effectiveness photos or – uh, photo shoots for our patterns we're typically flying a drone at some point in time you know seeing what especially in the waterfowl patterns um uh, but it's it's always fun to see that view because it gives you a different point of view a different perspective to see what what the animals are seeing mm-hmm. absolutely uh let's see so we'll switch gears a little bit <laughs> we'll switch gears a little bit um while we're down here in in mcgee we've been doing some duck hunting and man we were talking about how the birds have been slow yeah we what? can man you know as a duck hunter or any hunter i can give you a thousand reasons why mm-hmm. i've always got excuses of why we're not killing them uh, i know i referred to earlier is i feel like it's been for some reason it's been the cloudiest duck year i've ever been a part of and, and traditionally i would rather a, a bright sunny day with a strong north wind or or really any wind right now if you got the birds already but uh i can't give a, a I mean an exact answer to that i don't know if uh we we've still killed a lot of ducks this year but we're we're way off of what we have and we haven't killed near as many mallards as we usually do we've killed a lot of teal which is which saves some hunts and we love shooting them we love shooting all ducks but uh you know we got we feel like i mean it always it, it hadn't got as cold up north um as it usually does earlier i mean typically we love for it to get really cold up there early i know y'all don't as much but we do and uh sometimes man we you hear different and they do different studies man and they fly fly drones around to a bunch of different refuges around here and sometimes these birds just skip us they go on further they go to louisiana they go to marsh they come back up they stay on the river more they come out to the fields more and you always hear well is the flyway changing a little bit man i don't know You, you i mean there's so many different so many different reasons of why you don't you're not killing ducks maybe we haven't killed ducks as consistently as we usually do but uh i guess the number one thing would be weather man i think that just plays such a huge part i mean during hunting season i can't tell you how many times i check my weather weather app each day i mean it's it gets to be where i look at that as much as i look at anything we, so, we talked about that in a podcast how uh, many how weather apps do you have on oh, your phone Oh man two or three but i'm just <laughs> i constantly like what well, we were hunting today i looked at it four five times in a 50, 20 minute span and i'm like yeah. It's like a, I don't know. I just look at it. I know, I know. We and all I'm hoping watch. I see something different sometimes. Yeah, I, 
we all talk about it before hunt, you know, like everybody's looking at the weather and then we always kind of ask, what did you use? Did you, was that AccuWeather? Was that Weather <laughs> yeah. Underground? Was that Weather Channel? Yeah, weather Scout channel? Look. What was that? You and, and knew. Weather Bug, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. And everybody kind of double checks the other resource just to verify and start, and we'll kind of maybe make an average or something. Yeah. We'll I think I've got five on my yeah. phone. That's and I check good. them all. Like, it, yeah. like whether you're deer hunting or oh, you're checking yeah. a wind For or, sure. you know, trying to figure out how you're going to set your spread, whether you're in a field, if you've already got a, a like a snow goose spread out, am I going to have to get up at two in the morning to go out and change it? Or, oh my gosh. Yeah. You become obsessed with smartphones and uh, trying to outthink them a lot of times, but you talk about those apps. I mean, I've, I've got one app on my phone. I don't even know what it's called, but it's a weather app related, but it shows, uh, you know, the the uh, Google images where you can set it up and pulls it to the field you're in, shows you the wind direction. It'll actually you can hit the bird sign. It tells you which direction you're supposed to put your decoys out. I'm like, <laughs> greatest thing in the world right here. Yes. I don't have to think. That dang weather app, man, that'll get you. It'll, it'll get, get you every you, time. Man. It does. Now, Brian, you had your dog with you today, right? Yep. Okay, yep. and how old is your dog? Uh, Kate's four years old now, be four in March. All right, and um, Houston, one of the guys we duck hunt with, he had a, a dog. It was first-year dog, and, man. Yeah, we were, first, first hunting year. Yeah, yeah, first year, and we were really impressed. And you've, let's see, you said you trained, you bought your dog trained? or you No, no, I got her as a pup, actually, for my daughters, and uh, ended up a good friend of mine that we had been talking with for years. Uh, he's a dog trainer and uh, has trained a lot of really good dogs over the years, so he said, hey, I'll give her a give her a try i had no intentions of training her for a duck dog she was going to be a pet but he kept her for six eight months year and uh you know she's turned out to be a pretty good dog and she's still a pet for my little girls when 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 duck season's not around i always tell them about september to january it's daddy's dog after that you can have her <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so. she did a uh, pretty good retrieve uh well, let's see who sh- i don't know who shot that i, I think yeah, it was you, you that shot that teal yep. Hit one at I don't know how far that was. That was every bit of sixty yards, I think. It was and a uh, good lucky shot I made today. <laughs> that was a great shot, man. But, and I love to but, see an aggressive dog. I love to see a dog that, man, that sees the bird, watches the bird get shot, whether it wounded or not. Like that one was trying to swim off. He didn't have to say a word. That butt dog took off, mm-hmm. and he's a strong dog too. To get through that mud and get through that water and all that yep. grass he was in, it was a strong dog. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell I, you a, a funny story. Is you know she's definitely a high energy dog, and she's been that way since she was a pup. And uh, probably I don't know when she's a year old. You know I'm going out training on weekends with with uh, Sean Sims who did the training on her, and he's he's got his big truck with all the dogs' name taped on the on the you know each little hole he's got and. I looked up there at mine, and he had Crazy Kate on there. And I'm like, hey, man, I don't I don't appreciate you knocking off on my dog like that. And he and I have a good relationship, so it's kind of a, a little banner back and forth. And he said, I've never seen a dog that has as much energy as yours. He said, when I let her out, he said, I have to give her about five minutes. He said, she jumps on the four-wheeler, jumps over the four-wheeler, jumps on a trailer, you know, and he, he lets her get her energy out. But uh, just what you talked about, she's got drive. And, you know, I've, I've been with some other trainers up there with him, but, you know, it's one thing, it's kind of like an athlete. There are certain things that, that you can't teach, and uh, you can't teach drive. You know, it's like an athlete. I mean, they, they've either got it or they don't. And, uh, you know, some people don't like that, but I love a dog that's got high energy and wants to go get it. You know, there's a lot of dogs that look like they go out there and you have to force them to, to go get a duck. Uh, I never have that trouble. I mean, there's there's times I have to hold her back because she's so anxious to get up there. But it, it's always funny because uh, Sean, that, that first duck season, he, he wasn't with me a lot when we were hunting first, but. I kept telling him, I'm like, man, you got to come with me because when I get her in a duck blind, 
she's calm, you know, and, and y'all saw that today. I mean, yeah. she sits there and she watches. And Doesn't whine, look, whimper, anything. Mm, nope. She just looks at the sky and, you know, when you blow a duck call, she knows what that means. She's looking up and uh, it's fun to watch her. And I told Sean, I said, you got to come see this. And, uh, you know, I think he would just our, our back and forth. He kind of thought I was kidding. But last year he got to come hunt with us a few times and he's like, man, I can't believe you're going to make a liar out of me. He said, she does do good when you get in a blind. But, you know, just some, some, uh, some of those dogs haven't, some of them don't, but I love the energy she's got, and uh, sometimes it can it can get on your nerves, but for the most time, it's fun. There was uh, two separate occasions I remember specifically today where we had um, ducks buzzing us, and I was trying to keep my face down, and I could look down at her, and she was just watching them in the air, following them. That's a, use the dog. To, that's awesome. That's, I don't know if it's a natural thing. It's got to be something in her. But, man, that's fun, especially some of those blinds that, not today, but I've hunted before, where you can just, like you just said, you can look down and watch the dog. And if you see it, it will tell you when there's ducks flying or there's ducks working. Then you get up and start looking and start calling. Yeah, That's, that's fun to see yeah, in the dog. Over, over the last couple of years, I've had that several times because she watches the sky so much. And I don't know if it's hearing, if it's innate or what it is. But there's a lot of times she sees birds before we do as hunters and hears them, whatever it is. But uh, sometimes, like you said, you just look up and I was like, oh, there they are. We, mm -hmm. need, to, we need to get ready. She's letting us know. Yeah. Yes. I, I love watching a good dog work. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that adds another element to the hunt. You know, it makes it uh, just brings another ex level of excitement out there to, to the hunt for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, that and the fact that you don't have to go out there and fight that muck to That's go right. get the bird. No, That's just right. like that, there's probably what, maybe one, maybe two ducks today. It would have been tough if we wouldn't have, mm -hmm. without a dog, we may not have got that one for That's sure because right. right. he was swimming off as well. And uh, so that, that saves you several birds and you hate losing ducks. Mm hmm. So that, that does save you. Yeah, knock yeah. on wood, we didn't lose any today. No, 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 no. We didn't have many way. to lose, but we didn't lose any. <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's true, and we didn't educate any. No, we did not. We didn't see many ducks at all. I think we killed seven all day, yeah. and it was a tough seven, and uh, just it's just it's just slow, man. Seven drakes, though. Seven drake to you, yes. Yes, so we're going to eat good. You're right. You're yeah. right. I, like you said earlier, I think me and you agreed that teal is one of our favorite ducks to cook. Absolutely. I agree. Hands down. Well, a dove, but I mean, it's, yeah. not a, it's, it's You're a, right. a fowl, but I don't know. I, I love teal. Um, they're delicious. They're a really good duck to eat. So where, so where did you grow up or hunting, or did you get into waterfowl early, or was it later in life? or you know? Yeah, for me, I mean, probably when I was about 14 or 15, I, you know, that was uh, the thing. I, I'm from Georgia. We don't have the, the big migration. I mean, I'm from uh, western Georgia, so there is a migration over on the coast, but, you know, we got a lot of wood ducks. That's pretty much what we got, wood ducks and mergangers. But, you know, I had a, my best friend growing up when we were about 13, 14 years old. We chased ducks all the way, you know, t through college. And uh, one time I was probably 24, 25 years old. I came to Arkansas for the first time in my life, and it was an eye-opening experience for me because I'd been chasing wood ducks. And, you know, you, you, you go out and work your butt off in a Georgia swamp just to get a couple wood ducks, and you come out here and you can, you can see more ducks in one sit than – you would all year at home so it was a uh, like an awakening for me for duck hunting and the unfortunate part for me was all my friends and, and buddies that i had that were into duck hunting were all getting married about that time so duck hunting and travel trips for them were not not in uh in their future so luckily for me i uh you know when i got married i had my my brother-in-law who was not a hunter and and his boys who went hunting with me a lot but didn't grow up hunting but we wanted to do something that we could all hunt together. And I said, well, let's, let's get on some duck hunt trips. Y'all will like that, I feel like. And, you know, that's probably about eight or ten years ago. And uh, so I'd kind of taken a break from duck hunting, not because of I wanted to, just because I, you know, really didn't have a lot of 
uh, my buddies to go with anymore. But now I've got my family that, to duck hunt with, so that makes it even more better, you know, that we're all all hunting together. So there's a group of us that, you know, come out of Georgia, and we've got places out here in Mississippi and Arkansas that we come to quite often and, you know, every chance we get. But it's become a, a you know, a family event for me. And one thing I love about waterfowl hunting in general, it's perfect to introduce a new person to because it's not like you got to be quiet. You don't have to sit still. You don't have to be scent free. You can have a good time. It's about camaraderie. There's always snacks. There's, I mean, it's, it's a good time. Well, you know, when you look at our industry as a whole, you know, the, the hunting industry, there's a lot of barriers to entry, you know, when you get in this. And we talk about it a lot with, uh, you know, Bill in our office, you know, he's, he's got a point, you know, when you look at the fishermen, you know, single mom, single dad, whatever it may be, they can go to your local sporting goods store and they can buy a fishing pole and they can go to most any public lake and start fishing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone wants to get into hunting, it's not that easy to entry to just to go grab you a shotgun or go grab your rifle or a bow, whatever it may be, and go find you a piece of property. So there are some barriers to entry, but waterfowl is one, I think, that still has some, some low levels of entry that you can get into. Now, it's mm-hmm. definitely become a... a uh, you know, expensive sport to get into, but there are there are some still a lot of public land that you can waterfowl hunt on. You know, you just got to get the right equipment. Well, and that's the thing too. You can, usually you can find somebody in the hunting circle that's got a lot of the equipment. Not always, but they're going to have a lot you can either borrow. But I think it's it's great for kids too because kids have trouble being quiet and sitting still. I, heck, I have trouble being quiet and sitting <laughs> still sometimes. You so. know, I've got two daughters that are uh, fifteen and twelve. And, you know, for years they've gone duck hunting with me and, and, uh, you know, they like to deer hunt they like to turkey hunt, uh, but duck hunting I'd say was, was, is fun for them other than the fact when it gets really bone chill and cold, they're not fond of that, but they make these little Mr. Buddy heaters that are good for duck blinds. that will take care of those little girls when, when that happens. But like I said, it's a very social sport for us. I mean, it's good to sit in there and talk and you can cut up and, and mess with each other about missing shots and, uh, stuff like that. But it is a good social event. Absolutely. So, Cole, turkey, deer, ducks, what's what's your cup of tea? What's your favorite? Man, I'll, you know, deer and duck are pretty much – I turkey we turkey hunt a lot as well, but, you know, turkey falls in at number three for me, and a lot of people would probably not agree with that, but I'm, I'm a, a deer hunter and a duck hunter at heart, and I, I, I got to say I like them the same. I, it, it really depends on where I'm at, the weather, anything. I would say this year I've been uh, – I've enjoyed deer hunting a little bit more just because of the lackluster year we've had in killing ducks, but um, we still killed them, but I would say we've had a great deer year this year. We've been very fortunate, but uh, I'd say duck and deer are pretty much a tie, and then turkey comes in after that. That would kind of be where I stand there. So with the lackluster duck season that's taken place, are you ready for turkey season, ready to? No, I'm never ready for duck season to be over. Yeah. I mean, as far as... I'm ready for this to, what do we got, two weeks left, a week and a half left, and uh, I'm ready to be at home a little bit more. I hadn't seen my family. I got a little boy at home and uh, ready to be home a little bit more. And this last week, we will be hunting at the house a little bit We're more. We're going to try and send as many birds down as we Man, can. Please do. Please do. I live about an hour and a half from here, and I'm up here, down there, here and there all the time. So I don't know. I'm looking. I'm not looking forward to turkey yet. I will when it gets here. Um we got some good weather, as y'all know. Y'all, y'all about to get hit pretty hard this week coming up as y'all head back, and we're looking forward to y'all's weather getting y'all <laughs> coming down our way a little bit. Well, we feel like y'all came down here and scouted out the area, and now y'all can go back home and release the birds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, now you know what you got down here. Just go ahead and let them go. Let them go. Down. I don't know. I we I I was talking. I probably 
I probably told everybody that this is the latest I've ever shot teal. It was Christmas and I was still shooting teal up in North Missouri, which is crazy. I can't recall ever shooting a much past Thanksgiving. And here it was Christmas shooting green wings. Well, funny, thing about, funny thing about you guys talking about ducks being up where we were, I think just last week we were talking about all of our Canada geese are up in Iowa still. So we're, we're doing it too. You know, our duck season ends and then we have a bunch of local geese and we're like, where are they at? They're still stuck above us. It's just funny how that happens. It's just mm-hmm. the weather, and like you said. What I find kind of odd is you guys don't get a lot of honkers down here. And it's like they get to Missouri, and it's like it's like dry field hunting. It's almost unheard of in Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi. But when you get to Illinois and above that, and Missouri, and and, and I don't know how much y'all do of that, but I know you you have mm-hmm. it in pretty good in oh, places, yeah. and uh, it doesn't happen. It's like non-existent. When we kill ducks out of slash water, I mean. Two inches of water, but man, we don't lay. It just doesn't happen down we, here. We get the pleasure of playing in the mud. Exactly, man. If it ain't yep. got a little bit of water in that field, it, it, man, it's, it's like as soon as they cross that Missouri Arkansas line, and honkers don't get below it. It's crazy to us. You know, we got a a couple in town that are local, but man, there's you. You heard Jeff mention today that there's he sells zero. I mean, what mm-hmm. almost zero honker decoys. That's right. And um, it's just. We just don't get them. I don't know what it is. I can't I th- answer that. They, I think they go to Oklahoma because I know those guys hammer them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they just fly they down don't the go state east. line. Yeah. yeah. And when they hit, they're like, oh, there's Arkansas, and we need to head west, exactly. boys. Oh, there's some crazy guys that duck hunting pit lines everywhere out there. They're just going to get pop shot at, so they don't do it. Which I have noticed driving around down here, you don't see a field right now that doesn't have some form of water in it. Mm-hmm. And that hurts us, and that we've alluded to that a little bit. Is so we've had a lot of rain, but with the rain, we hadn't necessarily had the cold weather. We just had a lot of water. And when we have all this water, like Mississippi River is backed out, all these other rivers around this area are backed out, and there's water in every field. And then you got 100 ducks here, 200 here, 50 here, whatever, in all these fields. Well, that's taken away from your main areas mm-hmm. where you hunt. So that right. has played a part in the it. places you do flood. Yeah, exactly. Every, everybody's flooded. And then you know we want that water depth shin deep in a lot of places. We don't want it up over your knee or thigh deep if you're hunting in fields and stuff. We don't want that water that deep. Them ducks like to feed in shallower water. Which is, yeah, opposite of what we're used to. We're used to waist-deep water. Or... Right. And in the woods, sometimes that's where mm-hmm. we're at or on the backwaters of the river. But if we if it's up to us, I mean, we're pulling boards out of fields if it's getting up knee-deep. I mean, we want it We want it shallower than that. Yeah, by us, we're a lot of times in millet and smart weed, and, the, and it's up to your knees or knees to waist is what you're usually dealing with a lot of times. So sometimes you can hunt an area where you can drop to a knee and, and and be fine. Sometimes you can't. I mean, it's, it's kind of no man's land right there. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, do you guys do a lot of spec hunting down here? Yeah, we do. Like last year, we we had a great year killing specs, and a lot of times, like we talked about earlier, man, we you know we got anywhere from whether it's six floaters. I'm just talking about a pit line setup or a rice field, bean field setup, whatever. In a pit line, you can have anywhere from six to two dozen decoys out there, and you can call them right in on a good day. And uh, this year's been down on specs as well for us. And, and that, that Chandler and I were talking about that. You say down, we, our mind's blown how many we've seen down here because normally they skip right over us. Right. Like you say, you guys don't get the honkers. We're starting to get more specs, but normally the only time I hear them in the fall is at night flying yeah. overhead. Oh, we're usually covered up in specs. I mean, just covered up in specs. And uh, and we we still have some, but it's it just seems like everything is off a little bit this year. And like I said, I got a bunch of reasons, but I don't know if they're, any of them are, are true. They so. make you feel better, though. That's all Yeah, they counts. do. That's what I tell myself. Yes. Yeah. You got as many reasons as a guy goes out to adjust his yeah. decoys. Exactly. <laughs> that's, yep. that's one thing we always do. We did that last week, duck hunting, or two weeks ago, duck hunting. 
every 30 minutes you group of birds would come in and they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't sit down just right so you call there. not call turn mojos off owner i'll change decoys what is it and uh, uh man do we get too many not enough uh, especially late in the year man it's 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 kind of funny when you look back on it now mm-hmm. and and see it it really is and sometimes you wonder if they don't just Say, hey, let's see if we can get these guys to come out here and play in the decoys a little bit. We're just going to fly by. <laughs> You're right. We're going to fly by. Uh, Brian, what's your favorite? Are you duck, deer, turkey? I'm you definitely have... duck. duck. Duck's number one. Deer's number two. Um, and then turkey would be number three. But, yeah, duck hunting's my passion. I love it. Um, the unfortunate part for me, I live in Georgia where duck hunting's not that great. I mean, there's there's decent duck hunting there. But, you know, we got to travel to the Delta region somewhere to have good duck hunts. But that's what we do and love to do it. You're in deer and turkey country over there. Deer and turkey country. We we're, we don't have a shortage of either one of them. You know, in Georgia, we we still have a uh, 12 deer limit per year. So it's you know it's a that's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. for a lot of people to think that. But you know, it's uh, no shortage of those for sure. And turkeys the same way. I mean, you know, I mean any given day, I can step out my back door and watch deer and turkey in the backyard. So yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great thing over there for that. But definitely duck is uh is king for me. But unfortunate part like i said we got to come out here to do it so mm-hmm. absolutely now we've talked about timber do you are you involved in the development of all patterns or just waterfowl patterns or no for the uh for about the past six to eight years that's kind of been one of my roles there at realtree is is working directly with bill on pattern development we've got a team that that does that and uh you know we all work together and, and bill uses a lot of uh peer groups you know he wants to talk to our pro staff you know like cole and kyle and and others you know that are that are in the field every day and uh you know we use that knowledge and of course bill's you know got a 30 plus year history of of doing that himself so you know he's got a pretty good grasp whenever he comes up with a concept i mean he's it's always a challenge because he's got it in his mind he knows exactly what he wants to do we just got to figure out how to get it out of there you know that's always a challenge you know to to get his mind on, on, on paper, basically, or on fabric is what we're trying to do. But um, it's a process to do that, and it's a fun process. It's uh, sometimes painstaking, but, you know, Bill's a perfectionist at what he does, and, and uh, you know, it, that makes us who we are today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else you're wanting to hit Well, here? yeah, it's kind of we were talking. Today's hunt was pretty stale, and it's not saying birds are stale, but it seemed like when we were driving down, we saw a lot of ducks, like you were saying, at uh, – Cole, you're saying there's 200 here, 100 here, 50 here, 20 here, you know, two there, whatever. We saw that on the way here. But it seemed like today all the ducks, they knew where they were going. They knew that they're going to, you know, go lane with six that are over here, and then maybe these were going over here, these 50. So, I mean, some scouting might be really important around this time. I mean, you got to be is. where the ducks want to be. It is. And we were, I mean, I've been watching that field for the last two to three days, and what it, and they did exactly what it we thought they were going to do they've been roosting in there coming in when the when your temps are in the 50s and 60s which they'll be to yesterday and today and tomorrow they don't have to do anything they can sit they can sit all day and wherever they're sitting they're, they don't have to worry about anything locking up they don't have to feed that much they can just loaf, do whatever they do and just and just there's nothing making them do anything and another thing is we talk about so much water there's not many hunters we've heard numerous guys that we know all around this area say man we're not coming back till saturday well, this was we started this on Monday evening and all week and we've had no guys around the surrounding farms. And it actually helps when we have more hunters around here. Oh, it keeps Sitting. the birds straight. And I went to three well, I set, dropped you off today, went to three different fields where it's consistently they kill ducks. Nobody was hunting. 
ducks sitting on their fields. Not a ton, but there are ducks sitting there. And uh, that hurts us as well, too, when we were the only guys hunting this morning. And there's no pressure for them other guys to come up for the ducks to come to where we're at. Yeah. We do a lot of public land hunting up around our area. And sometimes there's that that perfect balance of just enough to keep them up, not too much, you know, to be calling off of your shooting off your swings and stuff. But there is, you know, keep, you know on public land sometimes you can have some good hunts when the birds are kept up with the different parties that are that are spread out correctly, you know. Um, so in a... We definitely see that. The only so, disadvantage to public land hunting is it seems like every time we got two, three, four, five mallards cupped up and coming in, somebody a quarter mile away just empties their gun, and they flare, and then they don't even come we back. We fight the same thing. Oh, we do yeah. some yeah. public land hunting, oh, too. Oh, my gosh. Every time. I think it's every hunt. Every oh, yeah. time on public land, we've had – and they're always – why is it always the best groups that they hunt? It's always the perfect – like, you see the green heads – there's maybe They're committed, you know, no doubt. Oh yeah. And sometimes it feels you feel like it's another group just shooting one time at some high duck coming over, and it's not like they had been working a group and they bang them out right there. It seems like oh, there's just a pop shot somewhere. And, and then you like, try oh. and think, did they do it on purpose? But you know they didn't because <laughs> they're know. around they the can't even next see. cove, yeah. Yeah. a quarter mile away, and it's just like oh my gosh, the timing is impeccable. Sometimes I'm mad at the duck because I'm like, can't you tell that's you know a mile away? Uh, no. <laughs> nope. And you still flared off of it. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh yeah, which is funny too because there's there's times where you're out, you got a dog out in the decoys, or somebody's out in the decoys directing a dog, and those birds, you know, they, they could care less, but a gunshot a quarter mile away freaks them out. Exactly. I don't understand them. They're frustrating. They are. It's a love hate relationship. It's tough. Why don't you get something figured out, Cole, so you can I'm tell trying, me on a secret? I'm trying. I'm trying. You gonna find us some birds for tomorrow? I sure hope so. <laughs> I sure hope so. We'll see. Um, it's not looking super promising, but we'll he's got see. a plan, though. He does. He's got a plan. No worries. Okay. Well, forty-three minutes. That's pretty legit. Yeah. There is one thing that has, I guess, it has has and hasn't surprised me. I feel like the odd man out being from the north part of the Midwest and football's a religion down here. Holy cow! Yep, wow, that's I, you guys are talking, you know, Auburn, Alabama, Clemson, Ole Miss, and I'm just, I feel. <laughs> don't don't I forget feel Florida like, State. LSU. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, LSU, holy cow. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff was talking about that. I mean, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, Fighting words down here, too. Oh, it's bad. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, like you said, he's a Florida State guy. I'm an LSU guy. And that whole Georgia, I mean, that whole Georgia, that whole Realtree office is, him, Florida State, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, and they're all diehard. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah. Ole Miss. I forget about the Bill. main one. That's Bill, right. Yeah. That's, five, that's five big-time colleges there, and uh, it, it, it's brutal, man. It uh, is brutal. What's it like working when we, there? I when mean, we were talking earlier, you know, we were in there talking high school recruits and who's going yeah. where, and uh, I was telling those guys, I said it's always fun they're around Realtree during football season because Fridays are usually spent with Bill – making his bets, usually just fun lunch bets, but he's trying to get as many bets as he can for the weekend games. And then Mondays are spent cleaning up the bets, whether he's collecting or trying to get out of the bets, whichever it may be. But, uh, oh, it's always fun. We have a lot of fun during football season because, like I said, that's what everyone down here in the South lives for. It's SEC country, and even though I'm a I'm an ACC guy, there's no doubt SEC still king when it comes to football. So it's always fun. February's a tough month for us, man. It's uh, usually – a lot of rain, cold, yep. no hunting seasons in. No football. No football. No football. That kills us. And uh, we do a lot. We cook a lot of crawfish and do a lot of that on the weekends. And, 
man, it's cold. They're not really in season yet, so it's man, it's a tough month. February's it's not a downer, but it is. It's kind of. <laughs> You got to kind of get all your stuff back together. That's, and that's when you take a breather and just relax for right. a while. And, and you're right. And attempt to try to get back in shape, but that doesn't usually happen. Mm-hmm. Nope. And then uh, the complete opposite would be that August going into September when everything's starting right back up. You're right. It's starting to break loose. Yes. Yep. I do know that. I'm like a little kid when August rolls around. I, we always talk about, for us, our waterfowl weekend, which is the first weekend in August. And now we've got kind of a goose weekend, which is the week before that. So it's a whole waterfowl week. That's what kind of really gets us excited because, you know, for 10 days we're talking with duck hunters and goose hunters and it's everything waterfowl. It's at the 1st of August, but then, you know, you're three weeks out from dove season at that point, and then that just sends you into overload for the next 120 days. You're just like a little Your kid. Yeah. spinning. Yeah, you know, as, as a kid, I can remember growing up, you know, hunting. I mean, it was always Labor Day weekend. That was opening day of dove season in, in Georgia for us, and that was like the start. I mean, it was kind of like the holiday. I mean, here's – we're fixing to get started on this journey, you know, for the fall. But dove season was always a kickoff for us. But like I said, now with with uh, what's going on in the retail world, you got to get ahead of the game. And you guys know it best when you have these uh, gut, duck and goose weekends. That's what it's about, getting that preparation ready for the fall. Well, I mean, it's exciting. It's fun. But the one thing I don't get excited about is my bank account dwindling down. Yeah, it, just, right. it seems to disappear that time of year because there's decoys and you know, bow hunting stuff and uh, oh whatever's gosh. the latest and greatest coming out. There's such a big difference in what I need and what I want. And <laughs> just I struggle with that. <laughs> just imagine how much real fruit timber you're going to have to get next year when you see it in the store. Exactly. Well, no, I've already seen it. And, <laughs> and then seeing cold decked out in it, I'm, I'm wearing Max 5 and I look at him and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's going <laughs> to get expensive. Yeah. And um, we got Rogers waders coming in real tree timber, mm-hmm. three different models. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's that'll be, be a later podcast. Yeah, we're making three different models this year. That's right. Yeah. Three different models, and yeah, and that are going to be offered in timber. So that's going to be it's going to be a good good waiter. I mean, we me and Aaron are wearing them, and and we also sell you know the banded waiters and stuff. And we've had the the timber jackets in from Banded and Drake. Um, so it'll be it'll be good next year when it's a full you know we get the full nineteen full release. Absolutely. So. And I think, too, like it, it was one of those that was such a soft release, just kind of casual. You're like, oh, that's a good looking pattern. But the more you see it, the more you see it out in the like the environment. Mm-hmm. This is the yep. first opportunity I've really been around it where, uh, you know, either you're wearing it or Cole's wearing it or David's wearing it. A lot of people wearing it and just seeing how good it really looks in the environment, not just hanging in a retail facility. That's right. You know, definitely when you get out in the field and you see what it was designed for and it's in its in its, in its natural elements. It makes a difference. It impresses on the like. heck out of you. Absolutely. There's yeah, no there's, doubt about that. There's a video release with uh, Dr. Duck. Dennis was on one of our podcasts mm-hmm. shoot, a while ago. Yeah. That was over Waterfowl Weekend. Last year. And uh, they have one. They have a recent video out, and you get to see it you know, in the field and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's good looking. You Only know. so much video can do, though. You see it with your own eyes, and that's, that's what really sells it. That's right. Yep. So it's exciting. Yeah, so if you think, if you can imagine what the what – the, the duck what the birds looking at if you hunt in an area where do you think that darker scenario would uh, pattern would help you out i mean you really got to look at this pattern because you know like aaron was talking about between the corn rows or just you know there's always there's always the darker base behind that grass that you might be hunting in and stuff like that and there's always that dark if you can if you're using a blind to cover you up you don't have to be as bright 
you can be a, in a darker pattern and you can use that layering with the grass in front of you to really start layering yourself to start disappearing. So if you think from that bird's eye view, if you need to be in a darker pattern and not be sticking out, cause maybe you have a lot, maybe it's a cornfield that's, you know, it's, you know, plowed a little bit more chisel plot or something. You got a lot of that dirt, you know, you know, being in a, you know, a max five pattern is going to have some darkness, but being in that timber is going to be really dark. So just think about your scenarios and what the birds looking at. Um, and, you know, this timber pattern is going to give you a lot of different options, and it's an all-purpose pattern just like Max 5 is for waterfowling, I think. Sure. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going on 50 minutes, and Cole drug us out of bed at some unreasonable hour this morning to, to go stare. See yawning over here. Yeah, exactly, and I know there's college ball on, and everybody kind of wants to go take a peek in there in the other room, but we appreciate you guys being on the podcast. Oh, we y'all being down. I wish we'd have had a little better luck, but we appreciate y'all well, coming down. Well, that's okay, and we really appreciate Realtree having us down, man. It was a yep. blast. Yep. We uh, appreciate you, what all you guys do for us, too, No, as a that's, company. that's likewise, especially as a retailer. We appreciate the support, and uh, you guys do a great job up there in Missouri, and, uh, you know, it's it's a two-way partnership there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You'll have to get up and check out Waterfowl I've Weekend, man. Uh, that sounds good, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, that's it for this week, and uh, we're out.